0: Welcome to Off Court with the McGowans, powered by Husker Online. Nebraska basketball players Trey and Bryce McGowans give you an inside look at the program and much more. Off Court is brought to you by Tavern 180 and Tanner's Bar and Grill in Lincoln.
1: And welcome here to another edition of Off Court with Trey and Bryce McGowans, as you heard, brought to you by our proud sponsors, tavern 180 and tanner's bar and grill in lincoln if you're looking for a great steak great cocktail make sure you get into tavern 180 if you want wings sports bar tanner's is your place to go they are the official sponsors of off court with trey and bryce mcgowns but robin washett here trey and bryce mcgowns we've got a really jam-packed fun show on deck but guys it's been busy you guys opened up workouts more this week um what's the week been like for you guys
2: um, really just, you know, getting after it, competing, you know, get all the defensive schemes down, getting the plays down, and really what I'm uh, impressed in, you know, a lot of guys are speaking up, you know, using their voice, being leaders, so, you know, that should, that's going to take us a long way.
3: So this was the first, like, five-on-five work you've been able to do. When did that start? When was that first full-team setting?
2: Um, first-team
4: setting was... Last Monday. Last Monday. So, uh,
3: I mean, I know it's still early, but uh, in terms of on-court chemistry and a full, you know, five-on-five five situations, what, what have you seen, Trey?
4: I mean, the chem- I feel like the chemistry is, like, definitely there. But, I mean, that just comes from we were playing pickup, um, like, at an uh, off-site gym, like, probably, like, month or month when everybody ev- – whenever everybody got on mm-hmm. campus, so, yeah.
1: I mean, compared to a year ago, guys, you didn't really have a lot of this stuff with the COVID protocols. And you talk about all the new players Hoiberg added on the roster last year. I mean, how hard was that a year ago to not have what you're getting right now in terms of these workouts and and the time you're getting uh, with the the coaches?
4: Um, I mean, we couldn't really tell how hard it was until we just started now, Um, just to see how how much better we've gotten and just how much ahead we are compared
3: to last year. Well, and, you know, obviously earlier this week uh, you guys added another addition to the roster, Alonzo Verge, Jr., uh, graduate transfer guard uh, out of Arizona State. (coughs) Now, Bryce, uh, I don't know how much credit you want to take for this commitment because you were the player host, went out to dinner to Tavern 180, uh, and I'm
2: sure helped seal the deal on this. What do you know about Alonzo? Um, From, you know, from what I've seen, he's a three-level scorer, you know, um, a very skilled uh, guard that can, you know, can play defense you know he has a a great motor and you know looking forward to you know stepping on the court with him.
3: I know uh, just from the interview I had with him after his commitment uh, he had a lot of team first answers Mm -hmm. you know he talked about really wanting to help do whatever it takes to help Nebraska You know, achieve things it's never done before. I know that's a message you guys have have relayed multiple times on the show, and and likewise. But uh, did you? What kind of personality should we expect from him? What what kind of guy is he when you just sit down to dinner with him?
2: No, he's a real cool guy. You know, he kind of laid back, but you know, he got he Mm -hmm. has moments where you know he cracks jokes and stuff like that. So. It's it's
3: going to be fun. And now Trey, I know, I think last episode we were talking about the point guard position, and you said that, that was something that you really wanted to take on. Um, you know, Al- Alonzo has played the one and the two. Uh, what does this, in your mind, kind of do as far as that role going forward? Is that still something that you kind of see yourself as as one of the primary pieces there?
4: Yeah, um, I definitely see myself as a primary um, ball handler this year. But
3: uh, I think last practice, um, Cole
4: kind of played the role a lot, mm-hmm. and I um, definitely like playing um, off the ball a lot too,
3: so. Yeah, like the Very kind of the, but like primarily Barham. Yeah, like the, the interchangeable pieces. It seems like Alonzo kind of fits fits that mold. So, um, you know, I guess when, when he gets here, uh, I think this weekend, you still have, um, you know, Kisei Tamanaga that's playing in the Olympics right now and Oleg Koyanets that's joining. I guess in your experience, how long does it take for a team that has a lot of new pieces like this, to gel together, both on the court and in the locker room. I know the, the, the core is already here, and you guys have made a lot of progress in that regard, but you know, there's still you know, a guy joining this weekend, a couple more that, that haven't even gotten to campus yet. I mean, just, just how long do you think that that takes for, for you guys to become the cohesive group that you need to be to be successful?
2: Well, I feel like it starts uh, all off the court, you know, being able to you know, hang out with each other, you know, get to know each other. And, you know, really be able to gel off the court, which help it, it. helps it translate to on the court. You know, we start moving the ball. We start talking, and, you know, at the beginning of the practice. It gives us energy uh, towards the end of the practice, you know, to keep going. And we really just feed off each other. So, you know, with the group we had now, we gel real, you know, it was, it, was, it was quick. So I feel
1: like it shouldn't take long. You're listening here to Off Court with Trey and Bryce McGowns, Brought to you by Tanner's and Tavern 180 here in Lincoln and Trey and Bryce, you know, one thing that just gets my attention is, you know, a couple of weeks ago you guys lost to Lionel Banton. And I remember we asked you about that and you guys didn't, didn't seem, you know, too worried about it. Um, and your coaches just always seem to have kind of that plan B ready to roll and, and to, to get a guy just like that. I mean, how, I mean, what's that say about your guys as coaches that you know, you know lose one of your best players, but then they can go basically get a guy this quickly that's going to help your team next year.
4: No, nah, most definitely. That's why I was um, so excited about this year. Because, I mean, if Delano stayed, that would have been a, even more a bigger, like, plus just because everybody knew it coming in. Just having versatility. Um, we got size, shooters, Playmakers, like, I'm excited about this year soon.
3: You know, speaking, you mentioned Tomanaga. I mean, he's going to be playing in the three-on-three uh, tournament here in the Olympics. Are you guys going to tune into that?
4: No, nah, most definitely, because I've just, I've just heard about him, like, how he plays, but I, I just want to see
3: you it. Look him up on YouTube. Uh, yeah, I mean, I like, already watched. They, I know, they, yeah, they call yeah, him the was, Japanese Steph Curry for yeah, a reason. Yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> I watched his, um,
1: <laughs> was it Juco? Duke- it was his Duke- Yeah. yeah,
2: yeah Duke- he was oh, going yeah. crazy.
1: Yeah. Do, yeah. do you guys watch the Olympics? I mean, the, the basketball. I mean, how fun is that to see? the best guys together and, and, you know, just as basketball fans, I mean, how did you follow the Olympic basketball growing up and were you surprised Nigeria beating team USA um, in an exhibition game last week?
4: Um, I mean Lat, cause Lat's Nigerian. Um, and he's also from Australia, so Lat he was two and zero. Yeah, he went <laughs> two and zero. Oh. Uh, so he was kind of um telling us how how good um everybody over there was, but like just to see it, actually see it um against our top players.
3: Well, and Bryce, I don't know how many of the guys on the U nineteen, the mm-hmm. the team that won the gold. Yeah, uh, did you? I'm sure you've played with and against a lot of those guys how cool is that to see you guys that you know are, are your peers that, right. are, that are at your level do do something like that
2: um you know I'm I'm real happy for the guys you know um at the Iverson Classic you know I mm-hmm. played um on a team or played against or you know was together uh a lot around a lot of them on the team so just being able to see them you know go out compete you know dominate uh in the U19 uh, it was it was major and you know me and Payton Watson, you know, that's my guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I congratulated him on uh, the achievement. So, yeah.
3: Wait, was that – I mean, did you have any opportunities to try out or do do the, the, the combine or anything like that no, with sir, the I, US I, I never USA? got
1: invited to the U19 uh, USA tryout, so. Well, their loss. <laughs> well, guys, we got a full jam-packed show on schedule today. Robin got a couple of phone guests. Who, who are you bringing in on the phone for us this yeah, week?
3: Got a couple of national college basketball analysts: uh, John Rothstein from CBS Sports and Jeff Borzello. From ESPN, they're going to shed a lot of insight on you know the, the national college basketball landscape, the, you know, their thoughts on the Big Ten, and uh, maybe give uh, their takes on on where Nebraska it kind of fits into the pecking order. All this,
1: and Trey and Bryce, you're going to bring in a, a pretty unique studio guest who, who you guys bringing in the studio this week,
4: Sam. Um, Sam Hoiberg, so, so yeah.
1: and we have pizza, by the way, our, our proud one of our other proud in show sponsors, Lazari's Pizza. Um, on 48th and Old Cheney, um, keeping us fed in studio. So thank you, Lazaris, and we appreciate their support here of Off Court. But uh, jam-packed show, make sure you tune in here as uh, we've got plenty of great guest segments coming. You're listening here to Off Court with Trey and Bryce McGowans.
0: You're listening to Off Court with the McGowan's, brought to you by Tavern 180 and Tanner's Bar & Grill in Lincoln.
1: And welcome back here to Off Court. Sean Callahan, Robin Washett. I told you we have a very jam-packed show um, on board here. Uh, This segment of Off Court brought to you by a proud sponsor here of the show, Gary Michaels Clothiers in Lincoln. Uh, They are the official outfitter of Off Court uh, with Trey and Bryce McGowns. Check out their new location on 56th. In Pine Lake Road, they have all the latest suits, ties, sportswear, custom, um, everything you're looking for at Gary Michaels Clothiers. But, Robin, I um, want to introduce our next guest here. Uh, we have John Rothstein, uh, National College Basketball Analyst, joining us here on the program. John, welcome to the program. We appreciate you taking some time here on Off Court.
5: Oh, great to be with you guys
1: all right well we're gonna turn it over here we got trey and bryce mcgowns and 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 they're gonna they're gonna go at you for about 10 good minutes here
5: awesome what's up guys what's going on
1: what's up uh hey mr Rothstein, how you doing
5: well guys first first off bryce mr is my father so call me john (laughs) all
2: right right, yes sir
5: don't call me sir come on man call me john
2: we're gonna start off by saying you know you're real active um on social media you know you have over 250,000 followers on Twitter, you know, some people have trouble dealing with all the bash and negativity off social media. What advice would you give to people that are dealing with negativity?
5: Well, really good question. First off, to kick things off, I think, you know, we want to live in a world, right, where everything is always going well and everything is always positive because You know, everybody in the world, you know, is human, so you want positive affirmation. But we also can't let people that we've never met before in our life dictate how we feel day in and day out. And the key with dealing with that on social media is you can't internalize the good and you can't internalize the bad. And you shouldn't even, in my opinion, look at the mentions because, A, it's taking away from where you can be more productive in other areas of your life and, B, none of it matters. I mean, I understand, you know, why it's tempting to look at what people are saying about you, but at the same time, you know, none of that at the end of the day is going to really, you know, shape who you are as a person, who you are as a student, who you are as an athlete or a basketball player. And, you know, for the people who want things to be rosy and positive all the time, you know, you guys are players, so you understand this. If you guys are down 10 in the second half of Michigan State and things aren't going well, you know, it's not going to be obviously positive all the time. Yeah, wherever you are in your quest in life, you know, you're not going to be able to become what you're supposed to become without calluses. And, you know, I understand, you know, that getting – You know, that type of common negativity is something that right now is a normal occurrence when you're dealing with social media. But guys, I got to tell you this from personal experience. There are people out there who are well-known for negative or try to bring you down. And I guarantee you this, if you see the person face-to-face, they're not going to have the same affect towards you on Twitter as they do in real life. So remember this, that Twitter is not real life. It's not indicative of real life, nor is any other form of social media. So... Ignore the positive, ignore the negative, and just focus, obviously, on the things that are most important.
4: When I was looking at your Twitter, um, the day the NIL dropped, you, you were popping up on my feed um, quite, quite a lot. So I'm just going to ha- ask you how you feel about um, the current changes in college basketball with NIL and the transfer rule.
5: You know, I'm really, really happy for, uh, you know, you guys and all the college athletes. It was long overdue you know, in my opinion, for you guys to be able to, you know, monetize your name, image, and likeness. So I think that that's an unbelievable thing for college athletes. And, you know, I think it'll add, obviously, to, you know, the experience that you guys can have because, you know, it's going to change things, you know, forever in terms of how, you know, you move forward in terms of, you know, the ventures that you have as a student athlete. But I think it's also important to remember that, you know, the opportunities, you know, that you have are obviously only going to be as well as you can become, as as strong as you can become as a player, as an ambassador for your school. So that's obviously still the first thing you have to focus on. And, you know, I think, you know, in terms of the uh, transfer situation, I totally understand why, you know, there was a need across, you know, college sports to have a universal transfer rule. I do think, you know, in a lot of cases we've seen, you know, some of the best teams in college basketball have players that benefited by redshirting a year and getting bigger and stronger, you know, like Davion Mitchell and Macy O'Teague this past year at Taylor, as well as Jonathan Chamwal Joshua. I'm just most concerned, guys, with the transfer rule, just that the guys who weren't able to find schools like Utre, and you know, same with the women who weren't able to find schools. I'm just concerned about what's going to happen for those kids. You know, I believe, you know, like the last month that, you know, about 30% of the kids who put their name in the transfer portal, who had a scholarship last year, hadn't found a place to play. So I just worry about kids like that, making sure that they're okay. And I also just worry about making sure that, you know, the graduation rates in college, you know, don't go down too much, because obviously the tremendous, obviously, opportunity that's there if you're, you know, a Division One athlete is to take advantage of, you know, getting, you know, a free education in addition to, you know, pursuing your athletic dreams. So I just hope, again, those are the two things for me, that we can make sure that all the kids who have scholarships can find scholarships, and obviously that, you know, we can obviously, you know, continue to prioritize education.
2: Well, personally, I felt um, the Big Ten was the best conference uh, last year. And so what, sure. are, what are your thoughts? And speak on the Big Ten this year.
5: You know, I, I think the way we look at this, guys, I, I think that Purdue and Michigan are clearly going to be, obviously, the teams that are picked one and two to start the season. I don't think there's any doubt about that. And then after that, you'll see, you know, programs like Ohio State, Maryland, Michigan State all picked in that next tier. Obviously, Illinois could be in that tier as well. You know, if Kofi Coburn also returns to school I'll, in uh in champagne and then i think the rest of the league you know you know is up for grabs in a lot of ways obviously rutgers has you know several players back from last year's team that made the ncaa tournament, won a game nearly beat houston who was a final four team and i think you know for programs like in nebraska like a northwestern you know teams who are trying to make a jump i think you've got a great opportunity this year to jump and you know find your way in the middle of the league because of the way that the landscape of the conferences you know really looks like it's being shifted
4: um, I I know you've been to Nebraska um, a few years ago, I heard, so um, where would you put the facilities and just the setup of everything compared to other places you've been?
5: Oh, as good as any in the country. The facilities in Nebraska are as good as any in the country. I mean, anything that you want, you can get. You know, I just hope that, uh, you know, the next time I'm there, you know, Coach Hoyberg takes up his wallet and actually pays for a meal. When you come halfway across the country, you <laughs> hope you're going to get some hospitality. But, uh <laughs> In all seriousness, now, the uh, the practice facility, just the resources you guys have in Nebraska are, are second to none. And you guys have a great home court advantage at Pinnacle Bank Arena, which, you know, we'll be back this year with fans. and That's going to be a big asset in the Big Ten, as we just talked about how if you're going to be a team, again, that's not a traditional Big Ten blue blood, you've got to have a dominant home court advantage. And I think Nebraska has the chance to have that at Pinnacle Bank Arena.
1: No, for sure. We can't wait to play in it. No, facts. John Rostein, our guest here on Off Court with Trey and Bryce McGowns. Guys, you got anything else you want to add in here with with John as we wrap things up?
2: Uh, I just want to say thank you, you know, for coming on, uh, expressing uh, to us and the the, uh, supporters of Off Court with the McGowns. Appreciate you, John.
5: All right, guys. All the best moving forward, guys. Have a great rest of your summer. Yes,
2: sir. Thank
1: you. Thanks again to John Rothstein for joining us here. Much more to come. You're listening to Off Court with Trey and Bryce McGowns.
0: You're listening to Off Court with the McGowans, brought to you by Tavern 180 and Tanner's Bar and Grill in Lincoln.
1: And welcome back here to Off Court with Trey and Bryce McGowns, Sean Callahan, Robin Washett, Nebraska basketball players, Trey and Bryce McGowns, as this segment of the show brought to you by one of our newer sponsors – A1 Automotive. They are your local mechanic here right in downtown Lincoln. Uh, Kendall and, and the crew over at A1 have been taking care of people around Lincoln for years. So if you need to get regular service or any kind of work done on your car, check out A1 Automotive located right here in downtown Lincoln. They are a proud sponsor and supporter of Off Court with Trey and Bryce McGowns. and. Trey and Bryce, uh, we've got a special guest in studio here today as um, one of your teammates, but just not any teammate. Uh, introduce who you guys brought in studio with us here as um, we kick off this next segment.
2: Uh, we brought my boy Sam Hoyberg in today uh, for Off Quote with the McGowans. Uh, thank you for coming, Sam.
6: Yeah, thanks for having me.
2: Uh, well, Sam, um, you know, having your dad as the head coach, you know, Coach Hoyberg. Um, how is your relationship with your father and what thing, what things has he taught uh, you so far that really stuck with you?
6: Yeah, so I mean I have a really good relationship with my dad and he's been such a good father to me growing up. And I think the thing that has really stuck with me growing up is I kind of thought about it. He, He's a really humble guy and I think I kind of try to take from that. I don't want to like be that kid that's bragging about everything and like just like kind of gets – to the point where it just seems like they're just super cocky, and I just took it from him to be humble and not, and just kind of let my game do the talking when I was growing up, and yeah. just not, just like act like this kid that has a huge head, you know.
2: Yeah, I feel
4: that. Me and Bryce were co- uh, coaches' sons all, as well, but just at a high school level. Um, I can just only imagine um being at an NBA or college level. What was what was
6: that like? Uh, I mean, so he never really coached me growing up, so. This is all pretty new to me still, only being like a month in, but it's pretty cool because like I, I'm seeing him like actually like get mad at players and stuff. Like I've never (laughs) seen him yell some (laughs) of the way he does in practice. Like it's all new to me, but I really I really like having him as a coach because he obviously like taught me the game of basketball and like taught me how to shoot, dribble, all that stuff. So having him watching me every single day is going to help my game a lot and just get closer to him as well.
2: Right, and you know you have an older brother and a twin brother so how were y'all's basketball battles uh growing up and how close are you and your twin brother charlie
6: yeah so me and my brothers are super competitive especially me and charlie just i mean we play on the same teams all the time and yeah. we go back and forth all the time but i just remember being in our basement on our mini hoop and it'd be me and charlie against jack playing two on one and then as we got bigger we all play one on one but we're all super competitive and if you don't see me and Charlie playing one-on-one, because if we do, it's going to get heated. We're going to start a fight. We we weren't allowed to guard each other in practice. So, like, yeah. we're the most competitive guys you'll ever meet, especially when it goes against each other. But I think that that has helped us get better at sports growing up, because we just always want to be better than each other.
2: So. Yeah, but, you know... Me having an older brother, yeah, I already I already know where you're coming from when y'all say y'all don't finish basketball games at all. Yeah, <laughs> nope. So I'm already, you
6: know.
4: You went to school in Nebraska and Chicago, right? Yeah, right. Yeah, what was that like? I mean, you averaged 15 um, points a game, um, led your team to state title this year, but how, how does um, Nebraska um, High School League basketball compare to it um, in Chicago, Illinois?
6: Yeah, well, state quarterfinal, I'll correct you on that, not the title. I mean, I was actually really surprised when I came to Nebraska. I thought the skill level would drop quite a bit because I played in a pretty good league in like the Chicago area. But so I played on varsity as a sophomore. That was my first year of varsity, so I played against like the guy, like the top teams and stuff. But when I came to Nebraska, I think that last year's class was one of the best of all time. So I played against like some of the best kids in Nebraska's history. So like, it was not too big of a skill drop off and I still got to play against some good competition here.
2: You know, we've been at it for probably like a month and a half now. Um, what improvements are you looking to make And you know, what are you most looking forward to this season?
6: I really want to like be a contributor to this team eventually. I know it's probably not going to be this year. so. But I'm really trying to get my handle better and be, like, more of a true point guard and obviously be a knockdown shooter and make, mm-hmm. like, every open shot can look at. So just working on those offensive things and obviously being able to keep up on defense, you know, going against guys like you every day is going to help me a lot with that. So, yeah. But those are the main things I'm working on. You know, what was the other part of that question?
2: Uh, what are you
6: looking forward to? Oh, yeah. I mean, so me and Jackson were the walk-ons, like, we're already planning to be the bench mob this year. We're going to go crazy for you guys. We want to get some sponsorships, some t-shirts, bench mob stuff. And we're yeah, just going to, lit. I mean, we're going to go crazy for you guys. You're going to hear us the whole night. So, nah, for sure yeah. we can't wait,
4: bro.
3: so Sam, I know you had other opportunities collegiately, but what was it that made you want to come to Nebraska and walk on here? I mean, obviously there's, there's the draw with your dad, but I'm sure there was more to it than, than just that.
6: Yeah, definitely. So I had a couple, I mean, lower d1 opportunities that i could have gone and played at but i think with all the i mean new talent coming in and all this buzz around nebraska basketball i just knew that this is gonna be something that's gonna be really fun to be a part of so i mean i just really wanted to be a part of it play for my dad would be another thing obviously that really big for me but i think coming here would be the most fun i'm gonna have and another thing is playing against power five guys every single day is going to make me a better player so if i can become a good enough player here, and then maybe play for my dad, like get minutes for him, but also just to be part of the experience of possibly the first team to win NCAA tournament game would be a really fun experience.
2: Well, thank you for uh, coming on with us today, Sam. Uh, You know, you know, we we be at, we back at it tomorrow practice. So, yeah,
6: yeah thanks for having me. Appreciate yeah. you, bro. Yeah,
1: and that wraps it up here with Sam Hoiberg. The segment once again brought to you by A1 Automotive and Lincoln. Much more to come. You're listening here to Off Court with Trey and Bryce McGowns.
0: You're listening to Off Court with the McGowans, brought to you by Tavern One Hundred and Eighty and Tanner's Bar and Grill in Lincoln.
1: And welcome back here to Off Court with Trey and Bryce McGowans, Sean Callahan, Robin Washett, Trey and Bryce McGowans, as this segment of the show brought to you by uh, Lazari's Pizza, Forty Eighth and Old Cheney. First, first of all, special a uh, shout out, guys. Uh, Lazari's brought the pizza in studio for today's show and. Kept us fed. We had JoJo Dolman and Ben Stilley come in and uh, and Sam Hoiberg. Um, we had plenty of pizza to go around. So, uh, special thanks to Lazari's Pizza on 48th and Old Chaney.
4: No, for sure it was
1: fire.
2: <laughs> no, it was definitely tough. <laughs> definitely
1: but, uh, guys, I want to get to our next guest. Um, we just heard from John Rothstein. Well, we've got another national college basketball analyst, Jeff Borzillo of ESPN um, joining us here on the program. Jeff, thank you for se- taking some time. I'm going to turn it over now to Trey and Bryce as uh, they're going to take things over here and handle the interview.
2: Hey, thank you for coming on uh, today. It's hey, Bryce. what's going on, guys? Uh, well, we'll start off – I'll start off by, um, you know – Asking about you know the transfer rule and you know name, image, and likeness. So over the past few years, the transfer portal you know has really gone into full effect, including the new changes with players being able to get paid and grow off their name, you know, image, and likeness. So how do you feel about the current changes in college basketball with the transfer rule and name, image, and likeness?
7: Well, I think the the transfer portal has been yeah you know, I know a lot of people say it's it's kind of like free agency you now, but it's really not. I mean the the one time transfer waiver I think is going to or the, I think the intention is to take away some of the gray area that we've gotten into with, you know, who gets a waiver and who doesn't. Um, now it's, it's pretty clear, you know, you could transfer one time, be eligible immediately. And if you transfer again, it's, it's going to be hard to get a waiver or you have to be graduating. And so I think that rule in itself, I'm, I'm fine with it. I know some coaches aren't happy. And I know a lot of mid-major and low-major coaches are concerned that, you know, a guy might leave if, if you know, the second he has a good year, he's going to go somewhere else. But, you know, if he does have a good season or one or two or three good seasons with you, chances are he's led you to maybe an NCAA tournament appearance, maybe a deep run in the conference tournament. So I I don't think it's, you know, it's kind of the death of the mid-major. I just, I don't see that as, as kind of a a byproduct of the transfer portal and the one-time transfer to me. You know, I think it makes sense. I think that that kids or student athletes should have the, the freedom of movement. I mean, if you're a regular student, you can go elsewhere and, 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 take classes and do everything. Now, you know, why you have to sit out, I I never really understood that. I think you should be able able to play right away. So from that sense, I'm fine with the transfer portal. I'm fine with the one-time transfer waiver. I think it's been a long time coming and, and I'm kind of glad that it's, you know, it's pretty much settled now. There's a deadline for when you have to do it. So, you know, I think that moving forward, most coaches understand where we're at in terms of the transfer stuff. Now in terms of name image likeness, that's another thing that's been, you know, seemingly, you know, several years in the making. Um, I do think that the, the suddenness of which it, of, of the rules finally coming into play kind of caught a couple of people off guard, and I think a lot of coaches and schools are not unprepared for it. But I think there's a lot of kind of question marks over over the limits and and, and things like that, or how far schools can go uh, in terms of of you know name, image, likeness. You know, can they you know give guidance to a player on hey what, you know should I take this deal? Should I take this one? You know, can coaches talk about that? Can they even even give any advice or suggestions on, on what kind of type of deal these guys should take? So I think there are a lot of questions that, um, you know, will kind of have to be figured out at some point over the next, you know, year, two or three. But I do think that if something has to be done. Um, you know, it's just there's been too much kind of blowback and too much pushback on, on not – allowing players to to make money while they're in college or make money off their name image likeness. And, and I think that this is, you know, this has to be done. And, and, you know, I also think for the higher end of of college basketball, I think this kind of maybe puts them back in play or at least levels the playing field with college basketball and the G league and overtime elite and and overseas playing in Australia, things like that. Um, you know, I think this kind of puts them back in play because the, the, the biggest pitch or the biggest, um, pro going over to to one of those leagues was money was hey i can make seven figures instead of playing in college something like that now you know you can play in college and you can get that exposure instead of going to overtime or going to the g league and and making money and maybe not playing um you know on national tv every night so i think this this is pretty big for those five six seven kids a year that want to go somewhere else besides college
2: uh, so, as you brought up about being able to go to the G League, you know, the overseas route and other opportunities like the um, overtime league, you know, with all the re- the recent creation and trends of these other leagues attracting players out of high school and away from college, do you think uh, the college brand is in trouble or not?
7: I don't think so. I mean, I think that you can look at a guy like Jalen Suggs who, you know, he was, you know, he was great during the NCAA tournament and he kind of became a, a national name because of his, his buzzer shot. You know, you're not going to get that type of exposure in, in the G League. Davion Mitchell at Baylor, he's now a top ten pick. He might not have been even a first-rounder before the NCAA tournament. There's just that exposure you get on national TV in the NCAA tournament or if you're, you know, playing at Kentucky, Duke, Kansas, wherever, any pretty much any major conference, you're going to be on national TV every single game. You know, in Nebraska, you're on Big Ten Network every single game you have or you're on ESPN or something like that. In the G League, it's just you're not getting that sort of that brand recognition from from somebody who watches basketball. I mean, you know, somebody that, that is a sports fan that, that kind of checks into hoops and they watch February and March, they're going to still know who the top guys are. They have no idea, you know, who's playing in the G League, who's playing overseas, who's playing in overtime elite league. It's just the, the casual sports fan will know the top guys in college by the end of the season. You're, you just might not get that if you go to one of the other leagues and then for that, I mean, I think college basketball brand is bigger than G league or overtime elite or, or the NBL in Australia.
4: Um, Since you follow recruiting for ESPN, um, tell us your thoughts about um, Nebraska's recruiting class and the change of perception it might've created.
7: Well, I think that, you know, we mentioned name image likeness and I do think Nebraska is going to be, you know, one of the bigger beneficiaries of it. I mean, I think you look at a school like Nebraska, a school like Arkansas, Syracuse, places that aren't in, you know, big, major L.A., New York, Chicago type of cities, you know, I think those are the schools that might benefit the most um, in terms of recruiting in, in, in a name image like this era because I just think there are more opportunities for marketing and promotion and, and kind of promoting your brand in cities like that as opposed to, you know, hey, a, a company in L.A. might not might not see the benefit in, in using a, a kid at USC or UCLA um as the face of their company whereas you know a school in Fayetteville Arkansas or you know Louisville or Bloomington or Lincoln Nebraska might say hey you know these are the biggest stars in the area let's use them so I think that moving forward there are schools like that um that are going to to maybe benefit more than people think uh in NIL and and I do think that you you know Fred Hoiberg has been known and, and Matt massey has been known for, for hitting the transfer portal pretty heavy. So I think that they're well suited to um, the changes and the one-time transfer waiver coming up. Um, but they've hit the, you know, they hit the recruiting trail pretty hard, obviously. Uh, you know, they got Bryce in, in the 2021 class and, and they got another top 100 kid and they've gotten some others. Um, and there, there's the talent in the, the state of Nebraska at least in 2022 is pretty impressive. I saw a few of them, um, over the weekend, when I was at the Adidas and Under Armour uh, grassroots events, and and I was impressed, and I know Nebraska's in on a few of them. Uh, I don't know if we're allowed to talk about that here, but uh, it does seem like the the talent, or at least the targeted talents that Nebraska's going after in 2022, are pretty impressive.
4: How how would you rate the recruit, the transfers that um, Coach Hoiberg, um and staff um, got to come here this year?
7: Yeah, I mean I think Alonzo Verge is is going to be really good. Um, you know he's He's one of the probably the best natural scorers that was in the transfer portal all all spring. Um, you know, he's he's a guy that you know I think he scored 43 or something like that in a game a couple of seasons ago. He had 28 at the end of the season. He had 26 the game before that. He's just a guy that can go out and get buckets in a hurry. And there's just not a lot of guys who are just wired to score like him. And it's not you know taking 10 threes a game. And if you hit five, you're having a good game. I mean, he can get to the rim. He gets fouled. Uh, really good playmaker. I, I just think that, especially in in a kind of a Hoiberg offense where it's it's pace and space, and you you have opportunities to to create matchup problems. I think that kind of isolating him against a lot of guys is going to create opportunities, given his ability to score and pass. C.J. Wilcher, I, I liked him a lot coming out of high school. Um, I thought he was a just a a guy that you know good size, physical, um, can play pretty much any spot on the perimeter. I liked him you know, a lot coming out of high school. Never really carved out a consistent role at Xavier as a freshman, but he did finish pretty strong. I think he had double figures uh, in one of the final games of the season. He can make shots from the perimeter. Um, so I think those two guys should uh, make an impact. Kian Edwards is another guy who – he was a top-hundred kid coming out of high school. I believe he reclassified. Uh, never really had a chance to, to make a name for himself at DePaul. But, you know, he's a guy that, you know, if he can live up to that potential that he had coming out of high school, he's going to be a guy that can contribute. He's, you know, six, seven, really good size, and I think that, you know, he might take a little bit of time to get going, Long, you know, probably more time than Alonzo Verge is going to take to make an impact, but he was a super talented kid at the high school level, you know, if that shines through, I think that, you know, he'll, he'll be a, real, a big boost for Nebraska.
3: Hey, Jeff Robin Washington here. I had a follow up question on that. You know, obviously, with that 21 class with guys like Bryce and uh, all the transfers you just mentioned, uh, they have, I think, eight new scholarship players on this roster. But at the same time, unlike the previous two years, they actually have a core nucleus of veterans returning with guys like Trey and, uh, you know, Kobe Webster, Lat May. And so I guess with that being said, is, is Nebraska maybe one of the most unpredictable teams? In the Big Ten this year, just because of uh, you know the the upgrade that they've made across the board with their roster, but then also being in the Big Ten and, and how difficult that league is year in year
7: out. I think so, and, and I think that you know the one point I'd want to make is that, and, and I didn't mention this during the transfer discussion, is that there are going to be schools that try to reload every single season via the transfer portal or via you know newcomers things like that because of the turnover with their roster, and there's not every coach can do that. And I think that that's where, you know, I think I mean, Hoyberg's might have done it as long as anybody in terms of getting four or five, six transfers every year. You know, it's pretty much him and Eric Musselman and a couple other guys, and that's about it. And so I think that that's going to be key. I think that there are schools that, and you, and you see it this year, and you can go down the list of any, any high major school, everyone's bringing in four or five transfers. Not every coach is used to that. And so I think that's what makes, every, you know, every, pretty much every season moving forward is going to be more and more unpredictable because of that. And I do think that with you know, Hoiberg's experience and, and the, the number of transfers he's coached in the last decade, I think that kind of gives them a little bit of an advantage in terms of starting the season strong. And the fact that Nebraska's bringing back you know, six or seven guys that played last year, I think the continuity is gonna be a bit, a bit better. It's not a complete rebuild. It's, you know, it's not 10 guys in, 10 guys out type of thing. I think that when you have a mixture of guys that have been in the program, you're throwing in, you you know, you're not bringing in 10 guys. You're sprinkling in a couple of impact newcomers, a couple of impact freshmen. I just think that benefits, um, you know, in a strong start. And once you get off to that start and suddenly you get momentum, you know how to play. And I just think that might put Nebraska ahead of the ahead of the curve a little bit in the transfer-heavy era.
1: Well, Jeff, we really appreciate you taking some time here on Off Court with Trey and Bryce McGowns. Hopefully we can get you on uh, maybe later on here during the season.
7: Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me on.
1: All right, much more to come as we'll close the show with the mailbag as we've got plenty of questions this week for Trey and Bryce. You're listening here to Off Court with Trey and Bryce McGowans. You're
0: listening to Off Court with the McGowans, Brought to you by Tavern 180 and Tanner's Bar & Grill in Lincoln.
1: And welcome back here. Final segment of Off Court with Trey and Bryce McGowan. Sean Callahan, Robin Watchett, Trey and Bryce McGowans as... This segment is brought to you by our newest sponsor of Off Court, Slim Chickens, um, located on 16th in Pine Lake and 85th in Old Cheney. Uh, Get on into Slim Chickens. It starts every day with fresh, 100% natural chicken tenders, wings. They're glazed with your favorite delicious uh, sauces, chicken sandwiches. Uh, They've got crisp salads and wraps all made fresh when you order every time. They have family-style sides and mason jar desserts. Check out both of those two slim chicken locations on 16th and Pine Lake and 85th and Old Cheney, our newest sponsor here to Off Court with Trey and Bryce McGowns, Guys, it's time for the mailbag as um, we introduced this segment last show. Had lots of great questions, you know, in the mailbag. And I want to get right here, right to it from our first question here. Got a question from Josh. And Josh wants to know from both of you, what specific changes already has maybe Fred Hoyberg or Nate Linzer made to your game in just this short time?
4: Um, I mean, since I've been here, um, since I've gotten here really, um, Coach Hoyberg been working on me on my shot. But um, I mean, since Coach Nate's been here, we've just been working on like little stuff, like little footwork stuff. Um, like last two steps of the shot, um, last two steps of a move, like just little stuff like this, trying to piece it together.
2: The month and a half I've been here, you know, uh, Coach Hoiberg has really taught me, you know, the uh, the, really the little things that, you know, changes everything, you know, especially spacing on the floor and where to be um, at times. And, you know, I really took, you know, pride in my shot before I came. But, you know, when I got here, just to making uh, a larger leap uh, and, you know, shooting more consistent and, you know, better than I was. And then with Coach Nate on the other hand, um, you know, he, he's been uh, a real helpful uh, guy. He's made a big impact. Him, you know, we always look at the little stuff, you know, always been in his office. Um, you know, just looking at the statistics of the game, you know, and really just yeah just learning just learning the game and you know working every day this question's from dorn uh on the husker online
3: uh message board wants to know which player on the team talks the most trash in <laughs> practice and the radio safe uh examples of the types of things that they say to get under guy's skin
2: i got kobe webb <laughs> Yeah, but Kobe.
3: But nobody Webster. don't be
4: paying him attention. He, he little. Like little flies, <laughs> just swaddle. I got Kobe.
3: What, what does he say? Give, give me an example of like stuff well, Kobe he, says. He just be wild.
4: He, yeah, he just be talking. He, he, but no nobody pay him no attention. <laughs> well, some people pay him attention. But
1: if you're around Kobe on a consistent basis, you don't pay him no attention. you about man. You just got little man syndrome. <laughs> got a follow-up. Who was the biggest trash talker in the Big Ten you played against last year? Nobody. Nobody talks? <laughs> Uh. who's the coach that barks the most when you're playing on an opposing team like is there a coach
4: probably coach is a that's,
1: <laughs> that's his him. players yeah he's, he's only yelling <laughs> at his own players yeah. okay we got another question here from caleb and in, in the nba you see a lot of guys go in and they kind of know they're going to draw a foul and that's the style they play to get free throws is that something you guys try to do or talk about like you know what i'm going to kind of iso it bounce it in and and try to draw a foul and get free throws, or is that a lot harder to do in the college game?
2: In high school, you know, I could, you know, we could get away with, you know, uh, getting little handshake fouls and putting the shot up and you going to the free throw line. But I don't know, Trey can tell you in college, I don't think we could do that.
4: I mean, ain't nobody tried it because, I mean, you got to have a different type of green light. I mean, green light Bryce had in college, the green light, like the NBA players have, Um, like the Trey Youngs. But um, I think the biggest thing is, like, continuation. There ain't no continuation
3: in college. So it's either it's going to be a foul on the floor or turnover. All right, this question's from Trini on the RSS message boards. Uh, He says, Trey, what player should we expect to make the biggest leap from last year to this year on the team?
4: I'm going to go with me, honestly. Yeah, Um, (laughs) there you go. This uh, this summer, well, really since after the season, um, I've been trying to um, get my passes right because um, I, I really want to be one of the top passers um, in the country this year. Just really, really be more aggressive also. I feel like I was passive a lot um, last year, so really just finding, like, the happy um, medium, like the in-between. So, um, like, a lot of people, I mean, a lot of the coaches, they were telling me um, try to be more aggressive because a lot of times I'm just trying to get my team um open looks because i kind of know where i can get and i mean i've been in offense a year so um i kind of know like if i get to a certain spot like what the reads are going to be all
3: right and bryce this one's from another uh, husker online member lj husker eight he wants to know what non-basketball sporting event are you most excited to go see with your brother at nebraska for the first time be Baseball, volleyball, football, uh, what, what what non-basketball sporting event are you most jacked up to see this fall or, or winter?
2: Well, being from the South, I would say football, you know. Uh, Southern uh, football is different football. So I'm really, you know, hyped up for this year's football season because, you know, just being on the college campus and us being able to, you know, watch football at max capacity again will be fun. And, but I also, you know, Having a top 10 volleyball team mm-hmm. that's OD, <laughs> so <laughs> and that, that junk seemed lit, so I just, you know, yeah. I'm, yeah, you definitely, uh, gotta, I'm definitely gotta check, definitely of gotta, check gotta be there.
1: You're listening here to Off Court with Trey and Bryce McGowns, brought to you by Tanner's Sports Bar and Tavern 180 barring and Grill here in Lincoln. As we take questions in the mailbag, here's one from Bolsky on the Red Sea Scrolls on Husker Online he wants to know. What is your vertical leap? Do you guys know what your verticals are? Have you been tested in those in those numbers? I did
4: mine like two years ago when I was at Pittsburgh, and got I got a forty-two point five,
1: but my bouncing went up. Is that a so one-step vertical or is that like a standing still vertical?
4: Um, I think my standing still was like thirty-six, and then my um, max vert was forty-two
1: and a half. Because basketball, like a lot of our people, are football users, and so in basketball, and Robin, you could probably speak on this. They do different forms of vertical testing in basketball, where they they do a one step and then like the traditional NFL combine style vertical.
3: Right, right. So they, they measure it differently. It's not just your two foot, you know, set vertical leap, like because obviously with basketball, how many times are you just standing on two feet mm-hmm. and jumping. So there's different ways to measure that. Uh, and so a lot of people get those confused, where they see a vertical leap and they're like, well, that's not very good or wow that's really high because they don't know how to put it in the, the proper context but um follow up question here uh from off instagram Caleb Bowman uh you know he mentioned some nba guys like you know James Harden Trey Young who are who are really good at not just playing for shots, but playing for fouls and creating scoring opportunities through drawing contact and getting to the free throw line. Mm-hmm. Uh, how much of that do you guys incorporate into your games? And, and how how much or how aware are you on the court of, you know, maybe I could get a foul out of this, you know, not, not just get a shot off?
2: Uh, well, you know, if people who, you know, watch my game a lot, you know, I'm, I would say I'm pretty good at, you know, drawing fouls. Uh, especially when, you know, people try to knock me off my spot. Um, I'm always pretty good at drawing fouls, you know. Uh, and it's easy point, you know, at the free throw line. You just got to, you know, make the most mm-hmm. of the free throws. And, you know, so I, I take a lot of pride in it.
4: I, I guess I say I'm all right at drawing fouls, I guess yeah. you could say. A lot of people be mad, especially yeah. in the Big Ten, but I oh don't know. I do it. Uh. Yeah, so that's more on a defense than they
3: should be more mad at their defense than they mad at me. So I got to ask you about this. You became well-known for your move where you're bringing the ball up and you're pushing the pace in transition, and then you slow down and the defender runs into the backy and you draw a foul. I mean, I I think no player has taken advantage of that more than you in in a single season as far as what what we've seen. Is that something that you've always kind of used as a a little trick of the trade? Or when when did that start becoming something that you – maybe actively look for on the court um
4: pittsburgh i did it when i was at pittsburgh i did it one time and then <laughs> it worked so i <laughs> sticking it kept to work. it
3: <laughs> did, did people ever say anything like refs say anything to you or do they ever like no nah. it's just one of those deals as long as
4: as long as i'm back up and i just stand still i'm good there you go no nah, one one time i can't remember who i was playing but it was like a scout report so the big <laughs> saw me stop in front of him he just kept going ran me over
1: Final question: Some hard hitting stuff here as we wrap it up in the mailbag. Who is the better singer of the McGowan's? And if possible, could we get you to sing just one lyric? Bryce. Bryce.
2: I'm the best singer, but you that's know why you they
4: call, that's why they call him Breezy. Breezy. You know what
1: I mean? All right, the mic's on. Let's hear. Let's hear one freestyle lyric.
2: Oh, yeah. we we say that it's on YouTube. <laughs> like y'all yeah. like yeah, go look on YouTube. Just look up uh, McGowan's, um What is it? I don't know. It's it's probably. Time. It's something we gotta do a church. Yeah, we church. gonna find it and we gonna tell I'm y'all next show. I'm in the background. All
3: right, we'll we'll, yeah. Play. Yeah. we'll play it. We'll play it. Yeah, we'll we'll tweet it on the uh, off court Twitter and Instagram. How about that? <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: Well, guys, three shows in the books. This has been a lot of fun, and sure. look forward to another show next week. Yeah,
4: most no, definitely. Can't wait to see who we got on next week.
2: Thanks. Tune in.
1: Thanks for listening to Off
0: Court with the McGowans, powered by Husker Online. Join us for another show next week, brought to you by Tavern 180 and Tanner's Bar & Grill in Lincoln.